2: Like, I'd love to do another Outkast album, but vibe-wise, it just doesn't, I'm not excited about doing it. I'm not excited to make music in that way. You know, it doesn't feel like, and and over years when people weren't thinking and I wasn't thinking about it, I was always thinking about it. You know, I was always trying things because a lot of the process in Outkast, like I would make a beat and to a place where I felt comfortable enough to present it to Big Boy and say, hey, what, what do you think? And that would be, we just pick a song, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like, there gotta be something. There gotta be an inspiration, that's it. There gotta be an inspiration.
0: Andre 3000 is back with a new album called New Blue Sun. It's an instrumental album. He's playing the flute and it's all improvised music. And it's really interesting stuff. We're going to talk in this conversation about the new album, about outcast and about where he is in his life now because we love andre 3000 but we see a lot less of him nowadays than we did in the past when outcast was hot so let's get into it because he's doing well he's living his best life and he's happy it's andre 3000 on torre show So, finally, a new album. I listened to it. I want you to help me understand it. New Blue Sun. Tell us about New Blue Sun.
2: So, um, the title itself, New Blue Sun, for me, I mean, it's kind of on two levels. Like, if you were, like, if you look at, I mean, the sun that we're living under now, you know, the bright yellowish whitish light. Unfortunately, in our lifetime, it won't happen but, but at some point, that sun will die out, yeah. you know? Yeah. And uh, my thinking is, like, in a sci-fi kind of way, uh, the next world, or the next worlds, their sun may glow bluish, like it'll be a cooler burning sun, but closer to the planet, so it'll be larger, but it'll still warm the, the planet like it needs to, but it'll be, it'll burn bluer, so it'll be like this glowing blue kind of sun. And then on the other level, like, for me, what I'm doing now, um, I feel like I stepped into a, a different thing. That's it's totally new for me. Even the way we recorded, like it was just totally different from, when I, from what I was used to. So I felt like, hey, this is like a new, a new step. So like a new world for me in itself. So well, it's and, and 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 just one more thing for yeah. for the cooler part, uh, the cooler burning sun. Like well, one thing that we're trying to do is to reintroduce or reset a volume. Okay. And what, what I mean by like volume, like levels of, of volume, because, um, you know, when I talk to engineers, you know, that are, you know, like mastering what's happening in music right now, you know, uh, like known engineers that have, you know, mixed and mastered some of the best albums in the last 10 years, like collectively they say, wow, man, we're seeing our wave files we can't get any louder as humans. Okay. We we can't. And so, like when you think of, when you think about that, it's kind of like when you get a file. Like it used to look like you know valleys and mountains. Uh huh. Now it's a thick bar. Uh huh. Because because everything is so compressed, so everything is to the limit. Okay. Is what I mean. So with new blue sun, uh, that that quieter, you know, uh, kind of cooler burning sun. It's like a almost like a chilling down. Like even when we were mastering, I was making the point that we don't want to compete with other music. Like a lot of mastering is to compete with the volume of what's happening on the radio. So for this, uh, I wanted it to be lower, you know, like, so you reset your volume in a way. Um, yeah. So. Tell me about
0: making the album, where you made it, how long it took and why you wanted to do an instrumental album
2: um making the album uh it took about three three about three to six months to record we had about uh three sessions in, in three different studios and uh the process was um we would have the engineer set up our instruments and we just press record and we did not dictate what the song because i don't I never learned music. I never, like, if I play a chord, like, I never knew what I was playing. I just, for me, it's shape, so I'm just stretching my fingers out, and whatever sounds good, you know, you land, and that ends up being Miss Jackson. You know, you, uh, you know, and I, so I never learned. I never took music theory. So even when I'm playing now, I don't know what note I'm playing. I don't know what chord I'm playing, what key. The other musicians I'm playing with, they don't know, because they've studied, they they, they know but for me, like the, the kind of like the environment of recording this album probably was the best environment I could be in for this kind of wind instrument, instrumental album thing I was trying to do. And the reason how I, the way I got here is I just discovered the flute. I heard this lady playing this flute and I was like, what sound is that? I talked to her for a while. She she uh, introduced me to the flute maker. I ordered my flute. The day I got my flute, I never put it down. So now, years later, like five, six years later, um, I just kept playing every day. And like, I like to walk, so you know, I'll walk for miles and miles and play. And you just kind of building up a repertoire of things, you know. And it started to become kind of like a viral thing where people, you know, would film me like at Starbucks waiting for my coffee, and I'm holding my flute, just kind of messing around, and they would post it. And I I didn't plan for it to be in that way, so it's kind of it came. It became like a thing, like a game. Actually, someone I was working in Philadelphia, and someone came up and they were like, "Hey, you know, people are looking for you. Like, we're trying to film you. Like," and I'm like, "Oh, this is kind of whack. It's not fun anymore for me." And so I'm like, "Hey, man, I gotta find a way to actually share when playing instead of these little clips on the internet. You know what I mean?" So at that point, I was like, "How do I make a a effort to record an album or some type of piece that you know displays what you know these instruments can do?" And so, um, yeah. But but back up a little bit. So once I started playing, uh, I got just more serious about it. And then I bought another flute, and another flute, another flute, mm-hmm. another flute. And then I'm I'm learning from other people. When I'm in New, I was living in New York uh, for a while at the time. So when I would hop in a cab or an Uber, depending on the driver, you know, if they were from China, if they were from Africa, if they were uh, from Korea, um, you know, Eastern European. And I always play when I'm in the back seat. So huh. every time I start playing, they always turn around like, oh, man, that sounds like my country. You know? <laughs> it, like depending, I don't care what country they were from. And so it quickly like dawned on me that every culture has a flute. You know what I mean? Just like every culture has a drum. And so um, I was starting to get schooled by just these people on the street. Like a man may turn around like, oh, man, that sounds like my country. Have you ever heard of the nay flute? You know, which is a Persian flute. Like, no, what's Persian flute? So I'll go look up a Persian flute and I'll buy a Persian flute and try to learn to play it. Um, Or, you know, an Indian guy, I mean, have you ever heard of a Bansuri flute? I've never heard of a Bansuri flute. So for me, it's all like I'm transferring the wind and my finger actions to different flutes and I'm enjoying it. So I'm kind of getting school just by being in the street. So I'm more, I started more just like a street player. And um, when I came to record the album, I think me moving to Venice and meeting the musicians that I met was probably fate because like the environment that we created, like it let me be completely free. Mm -hmm. Like there were no kind of guardrails. And that's kind of like when you, when you're in that situation, you attempt more things and you try more things. So this kind of way of us recording it uh, was very new and refreshing. And like you're on the ride every time we press record, like, you're on the tightrope the whole time, so when you're listening to the album, like we're we're creating it as as you're hearing it. So how you he- how you hear it when I'm playing the melody, I'm hearing that melody for the first time. So it's it's it, it, can we say improvised? Totally, totally. It's um yeah, it's like a spontaneous composition. We we make it up right then and there, and then it's kind of like collectively we'll kind of get to a point, and we'll know as a crew. Okay, we've done we've done with that one, and then we may go into a whole new one. And we kind of went through all of the our sessions and figured out what what would be this album. But but, but to be honest, man, we have so much music that um that we want to share, and this was just one kind of you know the first of an installment. But uh, just the process of record. And another thing, man, I can't wait to play live with it because we're doing we're going to do the same thing live. We're going to be on that road.
0: So you are going to be able to tour this album. Oh, for sure. Because sure. I, yeah. I, I, I thought that we had seen the last of Andre on stage because some of the things
2: that you've talked about as far as, you know, how you feel. No, no. I think, see, see, for me, this is like a fresh wind and like, it's almost like I'm a new artist in a way because I'm having new challenges. I mean, I'm. The first show is going to be very intimate where people are just going to be around. They're going to watch what we're doing. And I mean, it's actually harder than what I've been doing for the last 30 years. Why? You know what I mean? So, you know, when 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 you're on stage and you have a song and a beat and people know the song, like you can hide behind that shit because people know it. You know what I mean? And people sing along with you. So your confidence comes from people knowing. This is a whole different thing because (laughs) it's out there. Like, you're just, you're just raw. But it, to me, it's, at this age, man, it's really exciting and fun to me. And that was part of, like, whatever people have heard about touring. Like, I enjoy all that. Man, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for any other the OutKast stuff. I enjoy it. But it kind of, for me, I knew at 25 that I didn't want to be doing that at 50. I'm 48 now. And and not because it's not a good thing. It's just that I felt that I knew I would feel different sure. than I felt when I made those songs. and And I'm... Of the belief, like, and not to put anybody else down, like if you're 70 years old and you're still out here rocking, that's because it's still in you. But I'm from the belief that I would kind of rather give people what I'm giving them at the time when when it was potent. Yeah, you know what I mean. When we were when we were really making it, and yeah, th- those were the times. And you keep moving. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't I don't try to hold on to things. So this kind of new direction, it's really fun. It's new. I mean, the venues will be completely different. Like. Yeah, someone, like, some promoter will probably will come in and be like, hey, I want to book you to do this thing at SoFi Stadium. I'm like, no, we can't do this right now. Like, I'm new. Like, I want to start in these small places to build up who we are. You know what I mean? So it is really like being a new artist. Um, and and the people I'm going to be on the bill with will be completely new, too. Right. You know, about, so, this- so... So do you have a band yeah, yeah. Well, how, how we made it is like it's it's the core four of us. Carlos Nino, he's uh he's been around for a while. To, um, he Carlos Nino and friends, like he plays with a lot of people like Laraji and these guys, and we met at Air One in, in Venice. <laughs> so what I'm saying is me moving to Venice, a supermarket for people not in California. Me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's club club Air One in California. Yeah, but but we met in Venice. Um in air one and he was like man people have been telling me you're around here playing flute and i should meet you (laughs) and so and so i was like okay yeah i've been around and then he said hey i play percussion man like you want to hang out and so we would just be in his garage you know playing and he would introduce me to other players and so when i started to make this album i knew carlos knew a lot of players so I said, Carlos, can you help me make this album? And so we got in a room and we tried a lot of different configurations with a lot of different players. And we ended up landing on the core four of us, which is me on winds, Carlos Nino on percussions. Uh, Nate Mercero is awesome as guitarist that never sounds like he's playing a guitar. And Soraya uh, Budafasana, which is a keyboardist. So, And Soraya grew up like he was a baby. <laughs> he was a baby when Alice Coltrane had the ashram. So he lived in the ashram. He was oh, wow. a kid. So all of that came because I moved to Venice. Mm. You know what I mean? And I met these players. And so when we got together, that core four of us, we we had a, a thing. And I knew from the third song, while well, our third time recording, um, I, I remember turning to Carlos and I was like, I feel something. Like, I, I think we're on the song.
0: Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. When you talked to Rick Rubin, it seemed like I am not ready emotionally to release an album. So what happened between that point and now, or whenever you started making this album, that led you to say, now I can release an album again?
2: Uh, time, fate, meeting the people, the time on my instrument, uh, the love for the instrument, wanting to play, uh, loving to share it. Um, yeah, it's really like, honestly, I, I always record. So even vocally, I try things all the time, but I don't like it. It's like, it's, it doesn't feel honest to me. It feels like I'm trying a lot of times. I've been in studios with a lot of, even the newest producers, like the youngest guys, like I've tried things, but it just... It doesn't feel authentic to me. And this was the first time that I felt like I'm happy to actually share this. You know what I mean? So for me, I got to I got to have a love in it. Like, I got to feel like I love it enough or confident about it enough to share. Because if I don't like it or confident enough to share it, how can I expect anyone else to, you know, to get into it? So from that time to now, it's just life, man. Life happened. Um, Yeah, I was I was playing then like I was playing when I had the uh, the Rick Rubin conversation, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Let, let me they, yeah
0: just let me let me say let me say something and see how you respond to this. You're one of the greatest rappers of all
2: time, man. I appreciate that, man. I re- I really do. I don't feel that way, but I'm happy that people were like, if I died tomorrow, man, I feel like at least I've. Done something, man. At least, I, at least, I inspire some kids, like sure. the youngsters. Now, I see it, I, I hear it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so the greatest rapper thing never really—that um that was never a goal for me. Like, I grew up listening to verses and it making me feel something.
1: Mm. And so,
2: one of my biggest goals was I, I want to make people feel something. When I'm listening to Tupac's lyrics, it made me feel something. When I listen to Q-Tips lyrics, it, it, it was a a naturalness and a a humanness that I liked even ice cube at times, you know, a humanness, even scarface it was a humanness that I wanted to connect with people like I'm a kid in my room listening to nas and he may say something, and I actually almost come to tears mm-hmm. so in my mind, I want to be able to do that to other people so my my thing is I just want to connect in a in a in a you know get in there kind of way like to to me, the best rapper thing a lot of times is. Based on skill, and to me, that's like looking at an architect and saying one architect and say, "Oh, he can hammer the fastest. That's cool if you can hammer the fastest or hammer more nails, but can you build an awesome ass house? You know what I mean? So it's it's for me. I always just wanted to be effective, man, in that way. So I'm loving that people are you know looking at things we've done because I've never felt like, and that's why I don't I don't have like an ego about it because I've always had to fight hard to make my verses or to to try to feel like I'm on another level, like I never felt like I was on the level of my contemporaries, which is probably what pushed me a certain way. But so for people to kind of like respond to the lyrics, man, I'm I'm loving that, man. I'm loving it, you know.
0: Do you, so. You don't think that you are one of the. You don't see. You don't see it the way I see it.
2: No, no. I think what we. I think what we've done is interesting, you know. And I think we've carved out a space. Uh, In time and in in the rap pantheon, I think we've done that, but I I wouldn't say oh, yeah, he's one of he's one of the best, you know
0: Because because when I I hear When I hear a new instrumental album from you I'm like, okay, this is cool But like this person is one of the very best in the world at this other thing and he's not doing that thing I I want that
2: I know I know I it's funny, like, I want that, too, which is hilarious. Like, it's not like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of artists just kind of, like, take a piss and kind of, like, I'm doing what the fuck I want to do kind of shit. <laughs> to be honest, man, like, engineers can tell you, like, I, I actually try.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: I try, like, and even even the first title, like, I tried to say it in my, in my song titles. You know, the first song is, you know, hey, I really wanted to make a rap album, but this is literally the way the wind blew me this time. And and now when I'm looking at it, now that I'm 48 and I can kind of look at a trail of things, I see what's happening in my life now. Like, I I, I can, re- it's so awesome that I'm at this age that I can see it. Like, w- when I was growing up, like, I draw and paint. Like, I thought that's what I was going to be doing before rapping. Tenth grade, I discovered videos, rap videos, and tried to do it. And then we ended up Outkast. Then we ended up, I ended up producing Outkast. And I ended up singing. Then, I like, I never planned any of that shit. I'm just along for the ride. So for me, I'm still on the ride mm. and people are watching as much as I'm watching. Like when I started producing, I just had, I picked up equipment and see what I can get away with. So for me, it's all like discovery. And to me, that's what I'm selling. I'm selling, Hey man, go out and discover what, like go towards what you are into, man. Like that's what I've done all my life. Anyone looking at me, I hope they get that from that. Like even, even in rap, like I started from a place and I just kept going at it what like the way things that turn me on, you know, things that yeah, like go towards what you into, don't be scared to go towards what you into, man. That's really that's really what it is. Like I think some artists feel like they have to do a thing and I get it because it's an exchange and they they may have a fear. But man, I I don't plan it is what I'm saying. If if I could, if I could plan it, I would have put out three fucking rap albums right now. If if, if it was up to me.
0: Who is if it up to? It, if I,
2: if I planned it, we would have had like four or five more Wildcats out. If so I it's, it,
0: it. So, so there is, so you're like, it's not up to me. There's a universe that, yes. that
2: you're following. And, I, I'm, and, I, and I'm riding with that. Cause that's my only gaze. My only gaze is feeling that's all. Like I never thought I was the best producer, but I produce a lot of these songs because it's a feeling. So for me, I'm, I have to go with what works for my formula. You know what I mean? And whenever I've planned something, it usually never works out in that way. I usually get something greater uh, that takes me away from that. So I'm really, man, I'm really just along for the ride. I'm along for the ride. And this was one of those rides, man. And <laughs> I'm not expecting everybody to go along with me. Like, ah, man, I always put myself on the other side. I always do that. So I always say like, okay, if I'm a fan, you, okay, you playing this thing, you're not rapping. I'm not with that. And that's fine, man. That's fine. It was it, it's, it's not for you then at that point, maybe, you know, catch us on the next one. You know, I I don't know what else to say, you know, but sure. at least give it, give it a, give it a chance or or even see why I'm doing
0: it. But you, you want know? to rap. You're trying to rap.
2: Oh, for sure, for sure. And actually, it's a challenge now because the older I get, the more I don't want to. The more the older I get, the more it feels kind of corny to me. To be completely honest, really? I'm just I'm just being I'm just being honest. I don't sure. know. Like I don't, and, and maybe I'm saying that because I'm I'm relating it to what I used to do, and trying to do that. So if I find a thing that's honest and a way to rhyme words in an honest way. At this age and talk about real shit at this age. Hell yeah, yeah, I'm with it, man.
0: Like because you're somebody who you weren't talking about, I did such and such in the street, I did such and such with my money, with my girls, da, da da da. Like the conversation that you were having was elevated and mature. And, you know, if you gave us more rap, I'm like, it would be about who you are. But
2: you're like, I can't do this. Yes. That. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's always going to have to be about what's happening in my life and who I am. What I'm saying is how I do that, I, I'm going to have to feel it. I, I haven't felt it. I, I don't feel it's it's dope. I don't feel it's fresh, you know, and it got to always feel fresh to me, man. Like, if it don't feel fresh, man, it ain't worth doing for me.
0: Yeah. You you alluded to something else that, you know, you are very inspiring away from the mic you seem to live free and just be your own person, the way you dress, the choices you make. And it's inspiring to me and to a lot of us of like, look, you can just be however you want to be. And look at Andre. He's just chill- like, he's, he's in the world chilling, right? And he'll be whatever he wants to be. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. and. Um I don't know how that happens. I, I think it's just my life path that I was able to be put in the, in the position to be able to, to do these things in this way and be able to respond to how the wind is going, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know why. But it feels natural for me to follow. Are you are you? you and, are- and, and, and when when people think I'm chilling, yeah, I'm chilling in spirit, but I'm always doing something. Never, I'm never just not doing anything. Like I'm, I'm here, like I paint, I draw, I take sculpture classes, I, I build instruments, I'm learning to build flutes. Wow. Uh, I design clothes. Like I'm always doing something that's pushing me. I'm always going towards some shit that I really enjoy. I'm always going towards something that's inspiring to me that I feel like I can give value to or contribute ideas or push something in a, in a certain way. So, I mean, I think when I'm 80... You know, I'll always be doing something. You know? Well, let's dig deeper into that because I'm
0: curious, like, how are you? Like, on a deep, not, not like at the beginning of the conversation, like like the middle of the conversation, like, how are you? Like, you were a huge part of my life, of our lives for many years. Outcast was incredibly important. Your work was incredibly important. And then you kind of said, I'm out. And you kind of dropped off the stage and we kind of saw you here and there. And look, he's in Japan with his flute. But like, where is he? I don't know. He popped up with a movie, but then he's right. He's this little song, but then he's gone. So how are you?
2: I'm good, man. I'm I'm good as any human can be, man. I can say that much. Like, um, yeah, I'm I'm human. So like, just like everybody, we got ups and downs, just like everybody, man. And I'm, I'm good. And if you, if you see me, it's funny, like me and my friends, I'm like from Atlanta, we'll be on the phone, and we'll be talking. And we joke about it because I'm, we're always in on the joke. We always see how people see me. And we laugh and joke about it. Like my homie from Atlanta, he's like, man, you know niggas in the street, man. They think you, you crazy walking around here with this flute. And we will just laugh. We'd be on the phone laughing about the shit. But for me, it's for real, you know. But I'm you know, have, having to take the butt of the joke in that way. But I feel like as long as I'm in on the joke and, and I'm not like delusional, yeah, man, I'm 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 good, man. Life is is fairly up and down, just like anyone else. Um, I'm inspired. Um, I, I could be healthier, but yeah.
0: <laughs> Are you happy?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I and I think more than anything, right now, I'm very happy because. I'm able to share like one thing as somebody that creates things, one of the most hurtful things is not to be able to share anything that you like. Mm. And, and imagine that for like years. So when I hop on remixes or I'm I'm a part of a film production or something, like I'm trying to inject something and I just hadn't been happy enough to create thing anything on my own that I was happy enough to share. So, when you ask me if I'm happy right now, I'm just happy that to share it, and people ask well well what what is your goal with this album? It's for people to hear mm-hmm. you know i'm not I'm not just being super modest about it because I know they're not bangers. I know it's not like number one album in the country I know it's not on all the playlists or the or the summer jam kind of thing, but I just hope people like look at the journey more than anything and look at movement yeah more than anything and listen and listen to it that's it
0: i appreciate you being open with us about some of the things that you have learned about yourself as far as social anxiety and hypersensitivity talk to me about because there was a period you were feeling those things before it was diagnosed and quantified and i know yeah for people, like once you know what it is you're dealing with, you have names and you have, oh, other people deal with this, and that that changes your life. So how it, is
1: it does?
3: So how it, is your really life
0: does. how is your life changed now that you know, okay, this is this is part of who I am, and and now I can now I can move forward.
2: So a lot of that time when you was like, Yeah, we saw you and then you disappeared, a lot of that was induced that because I just didn't want to be in the world because it was just a little harder for me to be in the world. But the more I live with it, the more I learn, man, it's like, yeah, just diagnosis. There's some human like, you know, saying you have this kind of thing, but a lot of people didn't have these words to cling to Mm -hmm. generations before Mm -hmm. and maybe generations after they'll figure out, ah, that was just something we made up. Like, so for me, you know what I mean? Like it's all—it's all medical practice. So for me, I just figured like everybody has a thing. Yeah. Everybody—everybody everybody has a thing. So I'm—I'm I'm no special. And—and and it's funny talking to a therapist at some point. You know, one of his assessments was that thing that you know—if we say you're hypersensitive, that thing makes you write a certain way because you notice certain things, you feel certain things. Well you your antennas pick up on a lot of shit. So it's just a part of life and you have to figure out like what I've learned, man, is if you can learn how to ride the roller coaster, man, that's the best thing you can do. That's so, the best thing you can do for anybody.
0: So have you made changes in your life now that you know that about you?
2: Uh yeah, but, but not major. Kind of like slight changes, just just live. Just live and don't don't Stay in, like when you stay in, it makes it worse. Uh, just try to go, just try to go, just go forward, man. You know, because I, I, I really think sometimes a lot of these diagnoses and words given to things, it's a disservice, sometimes, I think, because a lot of times people lean on that hat. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And what I mean by that is like some uh, and and I'm not I'm not belittling anyone's diagnosis, but I think some people may get away with actions because they can tie it to a word. Oh, that was just my, yeah. Oh, that was, that was, that was just my, excuse yeah. me. You know? So, so I'm thinking sometimes like, yeah, just find ways, find ways to manage yourself in the world. That, that's it. You, you live around other people, find ways to be comfortable in yourself, find ways. Cause you in the world with other people, find ways to be in the world with other people, just find the best way to do that. <laughs> That's it, man. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what's the typical? Just be, just be accepting, man. Accepting of of what you are. You know See, yeah, it. it's hard sometimes to know what you are. But no one knows what they are. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We're we're all like, to be completely honest, we're all on a, a human experiment trip. We're in these body spaceships, and we're just kind of, some people. Some people's legs are longer than others, some people's arms are longer than others, some people's skin is wider than others. But, you know, we're all just experiencing this and trying to try and figure out the best way, like, which humans have always done that over time. And it's never going to stop. We, like, it's funny, like, 200 years from now, somebody's going to look back and something that we're doing right now is going to be so ludicru- ludicrously wrong. Oh, my God you know like you remember when like the 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 world was was flat and people were putting <laughs> leeches, putting leeches on each other to kind of cure disease but they but they would practice and they thought they were right so it's in good intention but as time goes on we just learn more and more and more and we just, we're just part of the experiment
0: i mean you and i are yeah. pretty much the same age we can remember stuff that in the 70s was normal and accepted and cool. And now it's like, yo, you crazy for that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's like, honest, I'm so happy that I'm alive to be able to see the change in my life. You know what I mean? To actually have witnessed a lot of changes so I can kind of know firsthand, oh, this is how it's been forever and how it will always be. Mm. You know what I mean? kind of cool to see that and to be able to witness it, you know?
0: What is a... Uh typical, tell me about a typical day in your life now.
2: Uh, wake up and try to walk. Um, come to my art studio, uh, draw, uh, plan out designs that I'm making, uh, Zoom calls, um, to try to get support for some of these ideas. Um, may go to the studio, uh, may walk afterwards, find something to eat, uh, go to sleep, watch some Netflix or something, and get up and do it again, i uh, probably sprinkle that with going to a show, museum show, maybe going to like some holding the wall club to watch some college students first time on stage perform. You know, like I try to travel. Uh, I don't travel as much as I should, but I notice when I travel, I come back, come back inspired and like yeah, charged. So, you know.
0: But alone most of the time.
2: Uh, no, no, I'm my my girl, like my girl is with me most of the time. Like I I live with my girl, so you know we're you know experiencing whatever the day is. You know?
0: So you have companion, okay? Because before you said you were ninety five percent
2: of the time alone,
0: which I was like, yeah,
2: wow. yeah, yeah. And and it's funny, like I was in a relationship right before that Rick Rubin interview, so I'd not been alone before then, you know. Uh, but during that time, it was kind of like a reset. like we kind of go our own ways, and yeah, it was kind of like you know that that low time.
0: What does eating healthy mean to you? Dot com slash slash On March 16th, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former Black Power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. What's the walking thing about?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I like it. I like it. Like, to walk from Venice to Santa Monica is like a five-mile walk. Um, (laughs) That's really long. How long does that take? About an hour, hour and a half, maybe. Okay. And me and my girl, me and my girl would do it. Um, But it's, it's... Like, I don't like working out. Like, I've tried to get on a working out schedule. And so, like, I just fall off of that. Like, I like natural things that kind of feel, like, natural to me. So walking is a great exercise for anybody at any age. You know, it actually keeps you actually healthy. And a lot of times, like, if I'm by myself, because my girl's working during the day, so if I walk alone, sometimes I'm writing so I have my headphones on or I'm listening to the album. Like, I've listened to New Blue Sun on that walk a few times just to kind of map it out, you know, here, should we shorten it? Like walking also like pumps oxygen to the brain. So it's a good kind of brainstorming action
0: too, you know? What's the longest you've walked like in one go? Man, I don't know. A lot of times I'm
2: not paying attention. Um, When I was in Philadelphia, I walked a lot between my, like on my off days, I don't know, but it's usually around like six miles, maybe five, six miles, I guess. Wow. Yeah, like and when I lived in New York, that's what I what's one thing I miss about living in New York because I could walk, like I live in Seaport. So I could walk from Seaport to anywhere to all to the parks or to, to meetings or the stores. And I just kinda like walking and seeing people and the environment change. Yeah. So walking through China, through Chinatown every day. You know, just seeing people. And even when I like write raps, like I've always done this, even the outcast times, like I'll get in the car and I'll drive for miles and miles and miles with a beat plan. Like my environment has to keep changing. Okay. So it's uh it's kind of like a practice. That's deep.
0: Are you are you proud of, of what happened with outcast?
2: I'm very proud, man. Like I'm I'm surprised. Like I talked to big boy the other day. When that uh the the uh fourteen platinum thing, yeah happened, and we were kind of laughing, man we was like, man, like it was something like we're kids, like we're friends, like, man, do you believe us? We were just at my dad's house, man, praying to be good rappers, yeah, you know what I mean like we we were just high school people walking around his aunt's kitchen table like reciting raps we ne- and that's that's another thing once again our trip was greater than we could have ever planned like mm. if we would have planned it we we would have stopped a long time ago mm. we wouldn't be what we are like if we would have if we would have humanly like humans are limited in what we can see
3: mm-hmm.
2: so if we would have planned it yeah we probably uh yeah we probably be one or two albums in and then we'd be out <laughs> <laughs> wait what so can
0: you help me out? like outcast didn't It it stopped. It didn't end, right? Yeah. You didn't didn't break up.
2: Yeah, no, no, we didn't didn't break up, and me and Big Boy are cool. The issue is, like, I think over time, and a lot of people don't understand this, that individuals change. Yeah. Over time, change. Even in romantic relationships, like, a lot of people don't like to admit it, but people change, and sometimes chemistries change. You know, and that's a, that's a real thing. And when chemistry sh- chemistries change, maybe it's time to stop. Like, I mean, and I hate to be morbid. Like, there was a time on this planet that humans couldn't walk this planet because the air just wasn't right. The chemistry in the air wasn't right. Yeah. It took time for the air to be right for us to be able to do all this cool shit we're doing now, making computers, making music, making beats. There will be a time when the air won't be right again. So, chemistry is a big part of anything, man, even in companies. Um, like, I just recently read this book called Rocket Fuel, and, you know, they they cite these companies that are great companies, and it was like, they never would have been great if the chemistry of these two people weren't making this kind of combust- combustion happen. Like,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: they use Steve Jobs and Wozniak and Henry Ford and his brother and uh, Walt, Walt Disney and his brother, you know, like... And over time, sometimes I think the chemistry's changed because the people change. So the elements actually change. And I feel like uh, that may have happened in, in Outcasts, You know, because in my mind, i love to do Outcasts, Like, i love to do another Outcast album. But vibe-wise, it just doesn't, I'm not excited about doing it. I, I'm not excited to make music in that way. You know, it doesn't feel like, and, and over years, when people weren't thinking and I wasn't thinking about it, I was always thinking about it. You know, I was always trying things because a lot of the process in OutKast, like I would make a beat. and go To a place where I felt comfortable enough to present it to Big Boy and say, hey, what, what do you think? And that would be we make a song. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like. There got to be something. There got to be an inspiration. That's it. There got to be an inspiration. And a reason to do it, and I just hadn't felt I personally hadn't felt the big boy big boy is a trooper man he's gone home ready ready to do anything you know what i mean and 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 as a friend, you know more than more than a music partner or anything as a friend, like I wish that you know we could have done more, you know, and not just for him for everybody around us too, you know
0: was there Was there a moment, was there a day when you guys talked and you, because it seems like you were the one who was like, I don't feel this in my spirit. I need to go do something else. I feel like Big Boy was like, let's go again. And you were like, that's not who I am
2: anymore. Is there a day when you had a conversation? It was never a conversation. It was never a talk. It was never like, just like, just like the air. Like, once again, like the air didn't change one day that we could breathe. Yeah. Over time, you know what I mean? And over time, things started to happen. You know, so I couldn't, there wasn't a day, it just started to happen.
0: Did you lose interest in performing first or recording?
2: Oh, they both came around the same time. Yeah, because they're they kind of one in the same. like and that's the, back to what I'm saying, like, uh, performing when you're at the most, the closest to what it took to create that piece of art. I kind of, I like that energy. Like if, if we're in stake only time, our minds are in that time. So performing it makes total sense. Mm. If you're away from that years away from that and going back to that, I mean, you're basically doing a rendition kind of mm-hmm. you know, impression of what you think you were doing at that time. And so, yeah, like making it and performing goes hand in hand, like you're making something and then you're presenting it. It's almost like you're a gallery show. Mm -hmm. Like you have a painting or something. This is your gallery show you go on tour. Like, hey, people, this is what we've made. Come peer more into the world, you know?
0: Have you shared this new Blue Sun album with, with Big Boy?
2: Yeah, I, I played it for Big. I played it for uh, Organized Noise, and they were tripping, man. They was like, "This is for real," you know. <laughs> I <It> was like, <laughs> "Yeah, like this is this is for." Real. And it was like early on in its, in its development, you know. They haven't heard the entire album. Uh, I think I may have played a few songs.
0: So, are you already moving toward the next album with this? With this?
2: Oh, for sure, for sure. Like. At this point, like I'm just trying to keep the, um, the momentum. Like there's such such thing as a creative momentum. Man. The next stuff is very interesting too. Yeah.
0: In that, what, you you already recording it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Like we're almost a third uh, or halfway, halfway.
0: So, an- so another album next year?
2: I don't know. I don't know when it'll be ready. Um, who
0: knows? Man. You, you know, the label must be like, you know, we love Andre. When's the album going to come? When, you know, when's he going to turn it out? I don't know. I told him I
2: need it by this date. He laughed when I gave him a deadline, like, hi. I no, you know, here's, here's what's funny about the label. So, you know, we've gone from LaFace to Arista, now to Epic. So we've kind of been moved around, you know, like kind of children and uh in a, in a, in a Broken marriage relationship, in a way. (laughs) Um, And when I came, like, I'd never been into the epic building, really, until now. Okay. (laughs) Like, so for years, I just never, so Sylvia Rome took over. Like, I I know Sylvia from back in the day. Yeah. But I just never had a a reason to go to the office. So I'm new. I'm almost like I'm new walking into this office, and then I'm playing this music for Sylvia and the team. And they're into it like, but I, I always wonder, like I always put myself on the other side, like <laughs> what the do they think, you know? But here, but here's a, here's another funny thing. So they congratulated on the process. They congratulated on what the work was. But contractually, it's very interesting. My label will not count this album against my contract. Oh, you're still under the same outcast deal. No, this is as a solo artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're still, it's two different contracts. There's Outcast and as solo.
0: Wait, you have a solo deal with Epic and they're not counting New Blue Sun?
2: Yes, that's what I'm
0: saying. how, how, How do we do that?
2: Yeah, I didn't understand it at first, you know, and we were trying to find ways around it. But I understand it in a way too, because if I'm on the other side, like I always try to put myself on the other side, I think my attorney explained it in this way that it was invented in the '70s, maybe when artists were trying to get out their deal, so they were just pretty much turning in anything. Yeah. And so you have to have have some type of legal stipulation that stops from you doing that. So it's something where it says the next recording has to be ninety percent like the recording before it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see know what I'm saying? That's in so, your solo deal. It's everybody's deal. They don't know it because most yeah. people are not doing this kind of thing. But it stops you from turning in hand claps, ten tracks of hand clapping. And <laughs> in my album, right, right? And I get it. But but I'm but Sylvia and the team—they've been so supportive. They know I'm not turning like a hand clap album. They they get it. Yeah. But as a business, you know, this is kind of like the stance that they took. You know, and to be quite honest, like I'm not I'm not hurrying, trying to get out of my deal. It's not like I'm trying to like. Right. Let's hurry up and get out. And then, oh, I'm about to put out this rap album. Right? No, I don't don't have a rap album, none of that kind of shit. So it's not, I'm not stressed about it, put it like that. Like, I'm not rushing to get out. If I get out of the deal, it is, I may want to stay there. But I I just felt like I wish it would count. But I, I think it's interesting news that artists should hear that this album is not counting.
0: That is crazy to me. That is crazy. Anytime I talk to somebody I've known for a long time, in, in, inevitably i'm gonna be like how's the kids how's seven what's you know how, what's going on with your son
2: yeah man seven is he's going to be 26 on the 18th oh my god i can't believe you said I that know, number man, I know. what I know, man. the like, hell are you talking about i know man and when you see him man like he looks like the spitting image of me and erica like as if we molded him with both of our hands and He's tall and he's taller than me and he's trying to figure himself out. And, you know, he's trying to figure out what is he doing in life? You know, he went to Boulder. He went to Colorado University. Like, yeah, man, he went to school for botany. And he's at this point, he's just trying to figure out what am I doing now in life? And, you know, uh, I mean, Erica were talking the other day, you know, it's like seven is a special individual. And as much as people look at us and be like, I can't understand yeah, yeah, I was just on the zone real quick. But yeah, y'all come on in. I'm sorry, I got a lot of traffic. That's okay. Yeah, um, as much as people look at us and and you know, there's things we talk about, how people see me, it must be, it must be harder for him. You know, and I and I and I I kind of feel I kind of feel for him, you know. Kind of I kind of feel for him because people look at him. And they expect a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my at this point, man, I just want him to know, man, just be happy in whatever you're doing. Like, you don't have to do this a, a grand thing. If that's in you to do a grand thing, but grand all grand things start small anyway. Yeah. So just find a way to be happy. Like, and fuck the noise, man. The noise, man. I know it's hard, but yeah, he's, he's, man, I wish, I wish you could see him. Like he's, he's funny. He's one of the most compassionate people in the world, man. Like me and Erica were talking, it's like, it's almost like his life practice is seeing how compassionate he can be. Like watching him, you'll be like, whoa. You know what I mean? Like it's, uh-huh. it's crazy. It's crazy.
0: That's beautiful. Everybody who comes on the show, I ask them about being black. And what being black means to them. And you are definitely somebody who has challenged and shaped some of what a lot of us think is the potential of being black in this in this era, in this generation. So let's just talk about it. What do you what does being black mean to you?
2: Uh being y'all come on in, man. Um being born in a life. That's decided before you. Mm. Um, I think everybody is born into a life that's decided before them, but everybody's not born into a life that's negatively decided before you get here. Mm. You know, so being black, you have a a extra layer of dirt on top of you that you kind of got to shake off that a lot of people may not have, but at the same time, just like anything, your limitations Make you do a thing, because you have to survive out of it, and it it creates once again it's that rocket fuel. It creates a like a, combun- a bu- combustion, mm-hmm. combustion, combustion, yeah. That um, a certain fire or a certain creation out of a pressure that ends up being beautiful. Um, we don't see it that way while we're going through it, you know, but it but it is. So being black is just being you know, born into a decided consideration before you even get here.
0: It's interesting the way you put it, because I think you have been very, very much black and yet kind of looking at the black community like, you know, we can do it differently, like right? Like, you know, we can be different with the way we flip this blackness. And I found that really interesting, just watching you move through the world.
2: But that's here's, here's the funny thing. Like, we all we've always known that, and there are, there are a lot of me's in the world. There are a lot of me's in the black community, and for sure, I learned this through Outcasts. Like, I, I would meet these people at shows. I meet these people in the world, and I meet their parents. Sometimes they're like, "My son, you know, you helped my son." You know, I I'd meet these people, so it's kind of like. There are, a lot of, there are a lot of people. And I think we're just kind of like flagpoles, um, examples, uh, because everybody got their own life they got to live. And it's not about even dressing crazy and no shit like that. It's about making your own decisions and just feeling like you have the freedom to do whatever you want to do. You, you really do. I mean, the world is already against you. So, you know, play the rules how you have to plan. Play the rules like, I mean, you got to pay rent but then there's certain rules that because you are black that you have to, you have to find ways to jump them, you know? And yeah, yeah. But it, there's a, there's a lot of, especially now because we have like this new technology, like the internet and there's a certain connectivity um, that we're seeing a lot of these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, you see what I'm saying? Like, for sure. Now, now, now we're able to see more just like, um, like when we, when we looked at, look at social media now and we were like, oh, man, this is happening. No, it's always been happening. Now it's just in our face, mm-hmm. you know, more, more than, than ever. So,
0: Well, I think you inspired yeah, a lot of these people that you see now who are like, you know, uh, like I think a lot of them looked at you and was like, oh, like, you know, we could flip this however we want.
2: But it's always happened in time. There were people before me that inspired me.
0: Who inspired you in this in this particular area we're talking about?
2: Um, I mean, musically, I have to say people like George Clinton, like Prince, like Sly, um, like African Bambada, uh, like Q-Tip, uh, like De La Soul. Um, and that's, that's speaking like, that's speaking like musically. What about uh, sartorially? I read, I, unfortunately, I don't read a lot, so I can't like hail a lot of authors or anything like that. Uh, I listen to audiobooks, but um, what about with the clothes? Like my, my focus my focus was music, so and I think people associate like, associate me with music more than anything, so yeah, I'd have to name those people like like Bob and like jimmy um like Sunhouse, like yes. all of these people like were my heroes, and they showed me a certain freedom, almost like giving me permission, yes, like you you can do this, yeah. And that's kind of like our, that's what we should be doing. You know, and and it's the example is actually doing it. The best example is doing it because they're like, oh, this can be done. And then you got new generations of, oh, this can be done. And then they take it for, oh, this can be done. Oh, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, man, that's that's what it's about.
0: I only got like a minute, two minutes left with you. Can you play us a little flute? Oh
2: yeah, for sure. That's funny, man. Like,
1: <laughs>
2: because when we were talking about rapping, feeling funny, like if someone wanted to, act, were to ask me now, "Hey, Andre, bust a bust a verse right now on on like the corner, the street corner, some shit like that," it'll feel so odd to me to do. But when anybody asks me to play flute, I do it as easy as breathing. Mm. You know, so that's and that feels good to me. Another thing too that I loved about it. I remember one time uh, I, I ran into Frank Ocean outside in New York. I was walking and he was eating at this restaurant and I passed by the restaurant and we started talking and we were just talking about what we into right now. And he was like, what are you, uh, he's like, what are you, what are you doing? I was like, man. And this was way before like Rick Rubin interview. And I was like, man, my goals in life are just to be in a park playing music. And that's what, <laughs> that's what I told him. And so I do that a lot now. Like, and so, when I go to the park, especially when I was in Philly, because I'm at a certain age now, people don't know who I am. And some people will come up and just give me money,
3: <laughs>
2: you know, as if I'm uh, like Bus like game. trying to do this as yeah. survival. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm just out here, you know, I here playing. But I like the comments that you get from people that don't and you know, they don't know you from outcast or anything like like this guy comes up. He's like, man, it must be a blessing to be able to. um uh, to just play that beauty in the world. Yeah. Or, or man, that is beautiful. Or a woman, they'll just sit there. Or their kids may be crying and then kids just stop crying. And just look up. Or a dog, just maybe like, dogs, they always do this like.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. play.
2: So it's kind of like for me, at this age, maybe because mortality sets in, you like, I want to leave behind beauty and I want to leave behind a certain... Value, And so even with New Blue Sun, I was thinking about it like 200 years from now, if I have this vinyl of New Blue Sun, to me, that's a a, a valuable thing to me. So I, there's a certain kind of beauty I'm trying to put into the world. And when I play. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's a continuous beauty that I'm that I'm listening to and I'm witnessing it as as I'm playing. So, yeah. So this is like a bass flute, so it's like a different, okay. like a deeper tone. Thank <laughs> you. You thank you for the time, man. It's good to talk to you again. Like yeah, it's yeah. always like I, right before I hop on the call. It's like man, it's always cool when you uh connect with someone you've known from from yeah. a time before in your life. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like I a, 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 I don't know. It's a special thing when you get to see people that you've known at a different point in your life when you were a total totally different person. Yeah, <laughs> you know what sure. I mean? Like yeah, and that's that's really cool. So man, I'm glad we could we could talk again because I totally remember that same excitement when the love, that same fear and scariness and excitement was there when uh, when we were listening to the love below. Cause it was like, it was, yeah, it was once again, it was like, you rapping a little bit, but you singing Like, yeah. we don't want that. You know what I yeah. mean? It's kind of like.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. So, you, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, we're kind of at that same place again in a different way, you know?
0: Thank you so much to Andre for a great interview and thanks to you for listening. Toré Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality. Maybe this show can help. You can find me on Instagram at Toré Show. Touré Show is written by me, Toré, and produced by Jennifer Brown. Our editor is Ryan Woodhall. Our engineer is Claire McHale. Our booker is Claudia Jean. We're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door, thanks to DoorDash. If you don't wanna do the dishes or you feel a little sick,